Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth 65, also known as Spider Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen 65. I'm Abigail. And I'm Pax. So for this episode's Week Gwend update, we have a bunch of things to mention. The solicit for Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones number four has dropped. We've got a cover, and uh, it looks actually, as Dave Nakayama covers go, quite interesting, actually. Um, it's, a, it's like Gwen trapped in like a vat, so that's quite fun. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, it also looks like they've managed to keep the creative team relatively consistent. Um, they've got the same artist on still, um, so that's nice. Hopefully we should have a consistent creative team through to the end now. Yeah, and the solicit is as follows. The end of Gwen. Spider-Gwen is imprisoned, and the only hope she has is relying on her very own clones. But is it too late? Lila gears up to act out her final revenge against Gwen, one that will affect the entire multiverse. Yeah, notably, Lila d- does not have a supervillain name yet, so we're just we're just calling her Lila. She doesn't even have a last name either. Yeah, we don't we don't know this person. We just know like th- that she's called Lila. So, um, yeah, uh, we've also got uh, a um, okay, a what if Dark Spider Gwen comic has been announced. It appears to be. Um, a single issue uh, from writers Jody Hauser and Jerry Conway um, with uh, artist uh, Ramon uh, Bax ba- Bo- Box. Box, um, on the um, art there. So um, we, we've been given a pretty brief solicit of uh, spider legend Jerry Conway returns to his most famous spider story for this what if along with co-writer Jody Hauser. What if Gwen Stacy didn't die on that bridge on the bridge that day, but Spider-Man did enough said, I presume. Yeah. And the thing is, it, this is already basically the gist of Gwen 65's origin story that Peter dies and then they have to, I'm like, I mean, no disrespect to uh, Jerry Conway, uh, Jody Hauser, and Jason Latour, but it's like uh, the two of them went up to Latour and were like, hey man, can we copy your homework? And then he was like, okay, we'll just change a few things. And then this happens. Um, I mean, I mean, to, uh, so I don't know if it's like, it's the bridge scene, uh, the cover by Greg Land, uh, who's got a cover on this one, again, it keeps getting these Spider-Man covers, um, the cover is very like, um, like it appears to be the bridge scene, but but Peter's the one dead with, with Gwen screaming out, so I don't know if it's, I don't know, but like like, like you say, this is, this is the rough outline of how Spider-Gwen's origin story works already. I would be very interested to see how they're going to do this. We are definitely going to review this for the podcast. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, what if Dark Spider-Gwen number one? This is actually going to be the uh, beginning of a series of one-shots for the uh, What If Dark uh, anthology. Yeah, this is going to be an anthology. Yeah. And Spider-Gwen's uh, just going to be the one kicking it off, but... When I saw um who who is doing the cover, my heart kind of sank a little because look at uh Gwen's fucking face. It's like it doesn't even look like that she's uh in anguish. It looks like she's in the middle of belting out Whitney Houston. And uh... no, it, it's a very disjointed looking cover. The fa- the facial expression does not match the face or the head. Even like no. Greg Land is phoning in 
um, so many different covers. He's done some no. Mary Jane covers that look like his Gwen ones, just with the yeah. Mary Jane. It's a whole thing. Not, not even phoning it, and he's just texting. Yeah. I do hope that there's variant covers for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Um, we've also got uh, facsimile editions of The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, issues 121 and 122, um, which is the, the two issues that make up the death of Gwen Stacy. If listeners recall, those are the issues we reviewed a couple of episodes back. So if you'd like to own those physically, um, they're going to they're gonna be at comic stores again um, in a couple of months. Yeah, June's just right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, there's also been announced a limited edition uh, Spider-Gwen Funko Pop from Target, which is a very comic accurate like Spider-Gwen Funko with, with actual art from her comic. Uh, from, it's like uh, Robbie Rodriguez. Yeah, it's supposed to depict, uh, even though it looks like it's from Edge of Spider-Verse number two, the cover, it's actually from Spider-Gwen number zero because of the uh, background color. Yeah, um, it looks really cool. Um, and it's um, yeah, it's like a special box and everything. Uh, so if you're into Funko Pops, then do a Spider-Gwen one. And uh, there's another piece of merch, um, the Ghost Spider-1 tw- uh, 12, 12 inch. Is that, is that what it is? It's no, I think one in like one twelve. One twelve, sorry. Collective action figure from Mezco Toys, uh, which is a really big uh, figurine. So if you're into those things, um, they're doing a really expensive one for Spider Gwen. Um, I'm not an expert on any of that kind of end of comics uh, merchandise. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but yeah, this collectible, yeah, they're actually giving her everything but the kitchen sink because she's got alternate hands. Uh, she's even got a phone, her notebook, her bag, webs, um, a mask that you can take off, a portal, and her web watch. Hmm. And like three, like three different heads, four different heads. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of like the way they put her unmasked face. I don't. I think it's just too real for me. Looks kind of goofy. I like yeah. the one where it's just it's like she's lifted up her mask to eat like a corn dog or something. Yeah, so like anyone can just uh, have uh, their figurine like mask on or mask off. And um, perhaps uh, one of the biggest pieces of news is, uh, we've got is there is a uh, new uh, longer uh, trailer for the Across the Spider Verse film coming out later this year, which has a lot of Spider Gwen in it. Yeah, well, she is the uh, secondary protagonist, like not just deuteragonist. I think she's also classified as protagonist. Mm. And um, yeah, she's. Um, it looks like they're redoing the origin scene with Gwen. I think that's. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, what it looks like. Maybe she's just uh, thinking about the time when Peter died, because we do know from last year's CinemaCon that the first 10 minutes involves her almost getting arrested by her dad after fighting the vulture. Yeah, and um, so yeah, we're, we're, that looks really good. It, look, it, look, it looks really, really good. Um, especially if you're a Miles Morales fan, yeah. it's going to have a lot of his stuff in there. Um, and I, I just want to know uh, Miguel's workout routine, because if you compare him from at the end of the first movie where he's just all lean, now he's just like totally jacked. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's huge compared to everybody else in this. Um, yeah, he's 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 been working out for sure. 
Yeah, and we also got, you know, baby Mayday there. And it seems like they're not doing her heterochromia. Like, she has both green eyes. Ah, uh, there you go. Ruins. <laughs> I guess it's because it's easier to animate. I, I, I wouldn't know about these things, but um, it, did she have heterochromia in, like... In the concept um, art. Oh, not in, like, um, in the comics? No. Uh, in right. the comics, Mayday has a brown eyes okay um yeah um so yeah i think that that wraps up our week gwend update which is probably probably one of the busiest we've had in a while um and so we're going to get into what we're reading this week which is spider gwen shadow clones so we're reading uh the currently re uh releasing uh, mini series uh from emily kim and Kazama about gwen getting cloned into a bunch of villains we're reading issue number two. I want to say over a month since the first one came out. Did it get delayed or something? Uh, did I did I miss? No, it was, it came out as scheduled. All right, okay. I'm I'm just late to recording this. Then it must be. Um, and uh, yeah, no, we're 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 feeling good about this. We've got uh, also I forgot to mention that colors by Triona Pharrell. Um, so where where we left it last time, um, Ock Gwen had been cured. Uh, Spider-Gwen had removed her implant, and they were both trying to work on what would ha was happening with Reed Richards. Um, and then Sand-Gwen burst in, and then it kind of it kind of cut, cut off there. That was the, the cliffhanger going into issue number two here. So we're going to do a, a synopsis where we uh, briefly summarize the events of this issue. We recommend that you read Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones number two. Um, uh, pick it up from your local comic book store or you read it on Comixology or Marvel Unlimited, uh, wherever it's available to you. I will put some links in the description before listening to this episode of Ghost Spider Groupies. So we'll just read that um, synopsis now. I'll start. Under attack from Sand Gwen, Ghost Spider swings Reed Richards to safety. He expresses concern for his custom-built PC still in the house, but Gwen urges him to take shelter further down the road, before she goes back to join the fray herself. Ghost Spider rescues Reed's PC from further damage and then leads Gwen Ott and Sand Gwen to fight in the open. They spot an implant on the back of Sanguen's neck, just like the one that was controlling Gwen Ock. Using her robotic arms, Gwen Ock tries to pincer grab the implants in a downwards motion, but just breaks the ground beneath them, plunging the three Gwens into a subway tunnel. A train carries a stunned Sanguen away, while the other two are left with a rough landing and no way to chase after her. They go back to Reed for help, who reckons he can track Sandgwen using Gwenok's removed implant, given it's the same kind and on the same network. Ghost Spider expresses reluctance at working with him given they have put him in danger, but he insists that if they put physical distance between them and him, that he will be fine. The two Gwens swing off to New York's rooftops where they end up arguing frustrated with each other's strategy in fighting Sanguin and insisting they could do this on their own if they needed. The two spot an ongoing burglary from an organized crime outfit and work together to arrest the thugs. The two consider how similar they are and ponder whether or not Gwen has Spider-Gwen's memories. They work out that she must have a combination of Dr. Octopus 616's as well as Gwen's memories, and the two seem to get along better now, even as Oc Gwen expresses some unsavory opinions about their superiority over normal people. Normies. Mateo stops by the Stacy household to ask after Gwen, worried that she hadn't checked in for her shift. He agrees to cover and reminds her of their unfinished date, much to Gwen's delight. 
Reed pings the two Gwens. He's located San Gwen at a Stark Industries laboratory who is attempting to steal a quantum power source. As San Gwen goes to make her getaway, Ghost Spider snatches the power source away. Aquan attempts to grab San Gwen, but the sand just shifts around her arm. Ghost Spider figures that San Gwen can't phase her head with the implant attached, and gets Ogwen to allow herself to be subsumed by San Gwen so that all her sand can be preoccupied enough to grab at the implant on the back of her neck. This is successful, and San Gwen reforms back into her full human body before falling unconscious. Meanwhile, a transformed Lila, now repaired with cybernetics, the scientist who was hurt in the first issue, watches a feed through San Gwen's eyes and plots. Unfazed by the loss of San Gwen, she thinks she can be more successful with greater numbers, revealing fresh Gwen clones of Rhino, Vulture, and Craven. Da, da, da. I just decide not to do that. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, um, that's our issue. That's our issue of Spider-Gwen uh, Shadow Clones number two. Um, and yeah, it was it was a, it was a good it was a good issue. I'm I'm intrigued. We've got our villain now as well, uh, which we sort of touched upon uh, discussing earlier. We've got a villain in Lila. Um, yeah. What what do we think Lila can do? What's her powers? Like other than just being super smart and like she's like a freaking cyborg uh, right now. Like we've watched Cyberpunk Edge Runners, we know nothing good happens out of a well. They call it chroming yourself. Yeah, so um, she's she's gone all cyber, uh, since we last saw her. Um, I don't remember her being that badly damaged. I would say, um, but but she looks rough here. Um. Well, it did look like she was bleeding badly from uh, the the left side of her face and her arm. So I guess uh, maybe those injuries were too much, and she decided to uh, chrome herself. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's very dramatic, uh, physical change from from when we saw her last. Like she replaces like her arm with like, a cybernetic, her eye even. Yeah. And that large plate on the uh, left side of her head. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but like, do we think that she has like super? Could she take Gwen in a fight now? Do you think? Do you think we can? You know, think that's a possibility. We could see that from the story. Then they could go toe to toe. Possibly. On one hand, you know, Lila's enhanced herself with the cybernetic, so that means that could uh, make her stronger. But then, on the other hand, even though Gwen's super strong because of her powers, uh, she can't really throw a proper punch. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like to think maybe she's a bit better at it now. But then also, this is this is a scientist lady, and she's a nerd, so she definitely can't throw a punch. No. So, oh, Unless if she has Taskmaster's powers for um, a photographic memory. No, photographic reflexes. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, she could. She could. I don't. I don't think she'll have that though. I don't. I don't think we're gonna see that kind of skill from from this character at the moment. Even though we do have the solicit for issue four, we still don't know what Lila's endgame is. All we know is that uh, she sends the clones to distract Gwen while she goes after the solid state quantum power source. Yeah, um, it's definitely a like. Also, can I just say solid state quantum power? Like this person has taken solid state from a solid state drive, and and I I just I just like 
solid state and just it just means that there's no moving parts like a solid state drive is different from a hard disk drive and that there's not a moving disk it's just like it's a circuit board right like that's all it is um and and a solid state quantum power source makes no sense because surely a quantum like i don't know anything about it but it probably does have moving parts and you wouldn't need to make that differentiate it doesn't uh, that is to say the science the made-up science is does not make sense this is a complete tangent it does not but it is made up science so it's fine maybe emily kim meant that um that this is a cutting edge probably maybe i i got the impression right from reading this like that emily kim has like just got into like 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 custom pc builds or something um because like like um there's a bit at the start where um uh reed mentions having a hyperlake cpu and i'm like yeah that's cool um but but it's, it's gonna be completely dated in five years time to mention the latest generation of, of cpus but it's neat but yeah um i guess um I guess we're going to find out how, you know, like what, what kind of device is being built and what other like very familiar jargon is used to describe something that's completely made up. Um, It's, 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 it's funny more than anything. Yeah. But I think uh, back to Lila though, um, like, don't you think like she would have been smart enough if, uh, cause it seems like if you have to enhance yourself with cybernetics, that means your body's failing you. So wouldn't it be a, a smarter move just to uh, create a perfect Gwen clone and then upload her mind into that clone? Yeah, like I mean, that that's the thing here is that um, maybe we'll see Lila have a sort of final form. We'll we'll get a final form from Lila when she's built her thing. But she's she requires the multiverse to do it. Perhaps. Um, I guess I guess we're gonna we're gonna see how it pans out towards the end here. Yeah. Um, like, like I heard this crazy theory that she's uh using the multiverse just to seek out, um, another version of Bennett. Oh, that would be that would make sense. Or she or she'll declare, like, revenge, on all of, all of the Gwens, across oh. the multiverse. Well, do you think the superpowered ones? Because most of the Gwens in the multiverse are dead. There is also that. Um. Yeah, she'd have a hard time. She'd be sort of being a dead horse, really. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I want to see more of. Her. I want to see the full design. I need a good splash page with this character's design on, because so far we've had some really nice like splash pages of each of the villains, um, but we haven't had that for Lila. Um, so I'd like, I'd like to see that definitely. Well, I think uh, issue three maybe it might give her a good look because it did say that um, uh whoever created the clones is finally revealed but i am still thinking that uh she has a co-conspirator yeah maybe um i i'd i'd uh would be interested to see if if they, if they drop another villain in there if we see yeah. the jackal or whoever because yeah. um, because she couldn't have put on her cybernetics by herself who operates on themselves i mean a psychopathic scientist from a marvel comic definitely could i think she could manage it i think i believe in lila I, b- I believe Lila's uh, capable. <laughs> if she needs to replace her arm, she'd be doing it one-armed. That is true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, or unless she'd have to make the clone first. She'd, she could make it. Maybe maybe the clones are helping her. Maybe that's part of it. Probably Doc Ock. Gwen must have helped her out. Yeah, something like that. 
Well, yeah, she's the only uh, one who has the brain patterns of a scientist there. Mm. And would know a thing or two about attaching cybernetic parts to her body. Although with Ox 616, that was an accident that he fused his robotic arms to his spine. Maybe maybe that would that would, that would that would make sense why Ock Gwen was the first to be cloned then if that's the case. But I I mean, um that said, yeah, uh I do like Lila as as a villain. Um, even though we've seen so little of her. I I stan I stan our cybernetic villain. Um do you think we'll get a last name? We have to. Uh, we one hopes so. Because um, yeah, just Lila doesn't really stand out. Not a lot to it, is there? Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, what else have we had here? Then we've, um, other than our dramatic reveal um, of Lila, we've also this is the Sand Gwen issue. Essentially, yeah. they spend the issue hunting Sand Gwen. And ironically, for a Sand Gwen advertised issue, she doesn't even talk at all. Not a single line. Like I was, I was a bit surprised. But I suppose that's part of it is that the the clones are are completely possessed by Lila's technology. They they cannot think for themselves. But Gwen Ock last issue, she did get a lot of words in. Mm, that's true. Yeah, no, Sand Gwen was a little bit robbed there then. And I put here that it looks like um uh. San Gwen's emotions are all over the place because, um, well, last issue on that uh, splash page, you know, she looks depressed. And then uh, the beginning, she just looks a little bit angry. And then the next, when they all cave into the uh, subway, she's just confused. And then when we see her stealing the power source, she just looks all shy and stuff. Yeah, she's she, she the 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 kind of like body language that Kazam has chosen to give Sanguine is quite interesting. Um, definitely, I I I really like how expressive everybody feels uh, with this particular artist. But Flint Marco's not even uh, bipolar, so I don't know what's going on with Sanguine. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if she's bipolar. I don't. I don't. I didn't get that impression from her. I just got the sense that maybe she's just no. a bit quiet. No, it's just because of all these varying emotions. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I th- I think she's just, you know, she's going through it. You know, I we all respond to these things differently, being possessed by a crazy scientist lady. But I feel like if San Gwen's anything like uh, the real Flint Marco, she might have some daddy issues. Is that the case? Well, who's Flint Marco's dad? Uh, he was a criminal who walked out on the family when he was young. Oh, I see. That's sad. Um... Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we could see that being carried through. Um, I'm, I'm quite intrigued, right? Because they, they clarify with, with Gwenok that um, their, their memories are a combination of Gwen65 here and that of the villain they were cloned from. So, like, I feel like Sand Gwen could be quite righteous, you know, because cause Sandman is so often not a villain. No, um, it depends on his mood. What does he feel like being today? Does he want to be a hero or does he want to be a villain? Yeah, it depends what the, it depends, it depends what comics the the writer has actually read of <laughs> of this character. Yeah, I mentioned this earl in an earlier episode that in the um ASM nine hundred anniversary issue when Sandman was there with the rest of the Sinister Six. Uh, yeah, Spidey was like, "Aren't you not supposed to be a villain?" And Sandman's like, "I don't know." That is upsetting that they forgot. 
But yeah, there's that detail about how, yeah, San Gwen didn't shapeshift fully. Like her head didn't turn into sand. And yeah, it's because of the implant. I think that's kind of logical because if her head did turn into sand, the implant will just fall out. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting that it created a like a weakness, like a boss battle type weakness for them to go for in the fight, and 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 I feel like it was it did kind of have an internal logic to it that where the reader could have worked out that weakness in earlier fights because I was also picking up on the fact that like Sanguen hadn't turned into a giant sand monster yet, and she would always just have her little Gwen body on top of the big sand cloud, and she would never fully yeah um turn into into a big sandstorm, so. Yeah, even all of her covers, it's just uh, her lower body is sand. Yeah, um, I, I like that little detail. But on the cover of number one, it did show her like being all sandy, head included. Yeah, but like I don't believe in the David Nakayama cover covers. Not, they... Yeah, I think that's just David Nakayama's interpretation on of what sand Gwen's supposed to be. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't don't pay them too much mind. Yeah. Although I wouldn't be surprised if all of these clones end up turning on Gwen sixty five. What do you think? That's a classic uh, clone thing. Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, like, there's this whole. I I guess I guess what we could see right is that Gwen and the clones defeat Lila, and then they fall out afterwards anyway. Like, um, or or Lila threatens to uh like if she had a kill switch on every one of those clones. Yeah, I could see that. It, it's not like Amanda Waller where um she would just press a button and then their brains get blowed out. It's most likely uh, she flips the kill switch and then they start degenerating. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, no, I thought that I I, I thought there was a, there's an interesting tension being set up right because Gwenok clearly espouses some of the beliefs of uh of Doc Ock. Yes, um, the entire superior shtick. Yeah, and uh, like all that about, um, you know, like not making time for people less than you, and you know they have to learn to be around you. And then, and then, and then when Gwen sixty five is like, oh, that's that's clearly Doctor Octopus speaking. And then she's like, well, yeah, still it's like, doesn't make it untrue. Yeah, no, she like still believes in it. Like she still owns that part of herself. So I think that's gonna set up maybe uh, some kind of later conflict, like you say. That they could they could they could turn on her yeah because uh yeah she does start acting like awk more than uh gwen 65 because if you look at the beginning i felt like um uh when gwen was making jokes about uh too many kids in the sandbox i felt like something Otto would say was stop blabbering and help me yeah yeah like there's there's um there's definitely like i felt like um <laughs> I feel like Emily Kim has her work cut out for her because she, she kind of has to do, not only does she have to try and do what feels like um, an authentic Gwen 65 voice, but um, uh, authentic voices for the villains too. So, um, but then also making sure that they still act as if they are clones of Gwen 65 as well as the villain. And that's that's a really big ask to do with so few opportunities uh, to actually write the voice of these characters. So I'm 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 really intrigued as to how it's going to look when you've got like 
multiple of these Gwens in conversation with each other? Like, how different do the lines feel, or are they just broadly the same? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was really nice that she does retain her genetic templates memories because, yeah, Ock said that she remembers Peter dying in her arms and uh, Captain Stacy waiting up for her, even though she didn't live it. You know, she remembers it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this stuff, um, the, the, particularly those moments where they, they, they really explored uh, some of their memories together, they were really meaningful. Um, and they really worked. Yeah, but I feel like if she does have all of Gwen's memories, then shouldn't she have remembered Gwenverse? Yeah. Um... Because, yeah, last issue, uh, she asked Gwen65 if she's met any other Gwens, and like, shouldn't Gwen Auk remember that too? I think there's a kind of amnesia, right? Like, I don't think Gwen Auk remembers everything that she can remember yet. I think that, like, she's... She's almost like, you know, like when you wake up first thing in the day, it takes you a bit to remember stuff from the yeah. previous day um, and like where you are and what you're doing. And I, and I think maybe like Gwenok would get there eventually, you know, to Gwenverse and Spiderverse and all the other things where Gwen has met. Or maybe how uh, having also Ox brain patterns must have scrambled her memories a little bit. Yeah. Because she did talk about the time how, like, presumably, Auk took a pizza from the cafeteria and then ate on the school roof. Yeah. Um, I thought that was an interesting one. Um, because clearly that, like, influences a lot of Dr. Octopus's superiority. And um, I got the impression. Yeah, I love Superior Spider-Man, so I feel like that we have a superior Gwen here. Like, if uh, she starts to cash in on her arrogance. Mm. 100%. Because she did also say that um she'd also rather do uh, tracking San Gwen by herself also. Yeah, she did. And, and get into this little argument about... um you. Know, yeah, Gwen's like, don't copy what I say. And then Ox like, I literally am a copy of you. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was, good. it was a good little interaction that was. But didn't you find a little bit funny when they team up together just to shit on MJ? Yeah. Um, like them remembering Gwen's key relationships was really interesting. It was, yeah, MJ's funny. Um, but it still has quite a bit of heart to it, you know, this to like acknowledge like MJ's points. Yeah, yeah, deep down. Yeah, even though uh yeah, Gwen has a love-hate relationship with MJ, she's afraid that she's going to up and leave one day. Yeah. Although didn't that just happen in Gwen versus Carnage? It did, but like also it's been I mean, it's been 2 years since publication and I I don't like there's not been a proper acknowledgement of it since it's happened. I think it's because um Gwen uh, switched editors because the editor isn't Devin Lewis here uh in Gwenverse and in this one her editor is a uh, Kat Gregorowitz. Yeah, I I really do feel like they need to bring Devin Lewis back into into the fold really because like I don't doubt that these um mini series are like like good like I think they're decent and um I think they're also selling really well. But I don't know if they are carrying forward like a continuity that people yeah. can call back to in the way that like previous issue previous stuff was like like there was there was a real foundation for Gwen sixty five and her world that's sort of lost in a lot of this. Well, since Across the Spider Verse is going to be out, and I think it's six weeks from now, 
uh, she's bound to have another book going for her just so it can synergize. But at the same time, like it's ideal to get Maguire back just to wrap up all of her plot points. Or um, if for some reason uh, they pass her up for someone else, at least they should have Maguire's notes. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. But uh, I think, yeah, back to Gwen Auk, um, Yeah, Do you think she also considers Captain Stacy as her dad, too? Yeah, I think she she calls him dad, right? Like, Well, well one time uh, she said dad, and then later uh, she tells Gwen, like, your dad said that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess we're going to find out the degree to which she actually relates to Gwen. As we go along, we'll see any frictions well technically speaking captain stacy would be uh, gwen ock's genetic father yeah well i mean i i get i guess really gwen ock is the child of dr octopus 616 and gwen 65 which would make re- like in terms of the amount of like genes that she's got it would be like like captain stacy would be what like a granddad almost like like a genetic grandfather yeah because because we're saying clone but they're not like clones like not like clone clones right like i think we touched on this last time that like they're not like fully fledged yeah i think we agree that the majority of those clones is gwen's dna and then the villains is just partial yeah yeah um and that makes sense so it's like so it's like the villains are the recessive gene. Yeah. I I see that. Um Yeah. Yeah, Gwen 65 is the dominant and then uh, the sinister 5 are the recessive. Yeah. That makes sense. But I feel like um yeah, Aunt Gwen should stick around after this like hoping that she doesn't die. Yeah, on but that's the, the whole time I'm reading this I'm like how are they going to actually make these characters sustainable? Like, realistically, how many of them are we going to have after this miniseries? Like, how many of them are just going to have to get, like, written out the way that, like, the um, the heroes were in, in um, Gwenverse? Yeah, well, in Gwenverse, their, their reasoning for being written off was to uh, power the finalizer. Yeah, which was pretty devastating uh, for everybody involved in that they died. Um, so, um, yeah, we're going to see whether or not that happens again yeah but you know at least um we're gonna have like five full issues of a uh, gwen ock being there just because she's the first and you know they say you never forget your first i i don't know if that's what they're referencing when they say that phrase i know that but you know, she's <laughs> she, she's gwen 65's first clone that's true hopefully i would i'd say hopefully the last but but like we definitely know that's not the case Oh, but yeah, you know that um, uh, confusion over last issue where uh, uh, Gwen sixty five asks if uh, Gwen Ox if she's seen any other um, clones of herself, and she said she didn't know. So I guess this debunks the theory that um, Gwen Ox was in the same cloning room as all of the other Gwens. Hmm. Well, she doesn't remember. It's also possible there could yeah. be a, a betrayal of some kind going forward. Yeah, but I'm I'm just calling it that it's degeneration that that's the way they're gonna go. Yeah, um, that would be a easy right 
writing off of these characters. But uh, at least uh, she still shares some of her uh, templates' interest. Like she's still called Mateo cute. Yeah, so that they're really uh, they're continuing on with the uh, Spider Gwen being straight thing, which uh, I mean is a choice. And Gwen herself does uh, confirm that she does have some slight feelings for Mateo. Yeah, no, I, I think she's you know she she has a little bit of a crush going on there, and because yeah, yeah, did you notice the hearts? Mm, yeah, I did, did. Because um, she was like, so this was a date. Yeah, and she was really pleased about that. That's what she wanted it to be. It seems from the from the way this was written, and um, yeah. And then later says she doesn't have time to do dating. Yeah, uh, the whole interaction with with Oc Gwen. Um, now this is making me think if Mateo is just actually a mole for Lila. That would be a shame. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, remember what happened with Kosei? We thought that uh, he was going to be a new love interest until Maguire revealed that her plan for him was to be a like a mole for Warren. Yeah, um, I think that's maybe a little bit different. That one. Um, yeah, it's uh, I we're gonna. I think Matteo is definitely more benign. It's a lot nicer. I think. But you know, think about it, like coworkers don't really come over to your house. Um, I mean, it depends on the coworker, but but definitely, yeah. uh, they have a romantic, uh, you know, relationship interest in one another here for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's look back at all of uh, Gwen's past attempted relationships. We had Miles, oh who uh, <laughs> uh, they couldn't really work things out because they thought uh, it was better just to stay friends. Then we got Harry, who got yep. nearly blown up by the man wolf, who like to this day, we still haven't heard from him. Yeah, that, that, that guy's vanished off the face of the earth. And then, yeah, there's Mateo. Mm. Okay, well. Um, that's not a good lineup. Um, yeah, um, I don't think there's been a single compelling romance, I'm not gonna lie, for Gwen from her comic books. Um, yeah, yet to be done well. Um, remains to be seen how the stuff with, the stuff with Mateo is obviously too new to call it, but yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, with relationships, yeah, since Gwen is, like, she's an only child, but um, yeah, she does consider Gwen Ock to be her sister. Mm. Yeah, she does. Yeah, it's quite. You know, it's it's sweet. Um, I think their little interactions they have are done really well. I really enjoyed the writing. Even the bickering, they act like sisters. Yeah. Um. It 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 felt like the way they sort of got a feel for each other. I really enjoyed. Um, as as the issue sort of progressed, and um, the way they had like friction over whether or not to fight San Gwen in the open. And you know, and then worked out their shared memories. I, that whole process was done really well, I think. And but this is a but the, her developing relationships. It's kind of somewhat contradicts how uh, she prefers to work by herself. Yeah, she does, and I and I think they bump up against that here. Um, and we'll find out whether or not it works out. Um, because no, because because the, the only time she's willing to work as a team is uh, when she was with the Web Warriors and Kane. Yeah, she's done. She's done a couple of a few a few, a few pretty consistent. You know, I want to say team ups. Yeah. Even back in Gwenver, she really didn't feel like being around them at first. Yeah, I I think that's like a a reasonable like 
impulse for Gwen to have regarding things. Yeah, which is why no, may, no, maybe I shouldn't mention it anymore. Stop mentioning Gwen and Kano, my dear. <laughs> well, they well they are both loners. Yeah, but like so are a lot of spider people. It's uh, it's, it's that doesn't make them a good pairing. Okay, but yeah, but yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. At least Kazama remembered that uh, yeah, Gwen has her symbiote. Yes, and um, yeah, we got a panel of of the symbiote like like unmasking Gwen, and it was a good unmasking panel. Like I prefer it when she unmasks like that than, than some of the other ways she has done. No, she was suiting up. Mm. Right, the other way around. My bad. Yeah, which is kind of a because last issue she had to physically unmask herself. Mm -hmm. Unless if it was this time Keizama just got the notes and they remembered, oh, Gwen has a symbiote. She doesn't need to uh, put her clothes on the normal way. Yeah, um, I hope they sort of maybe yeah. lean into using the symbiote for Gwen transitioning between looks more now. Yeah, which thing of like most symbiote hosts, they're practically prancing around in their underwear. Yeah, yeah, that's always funny. Um, concept to have in your head. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Gwen's not involved in Summer of Symbiotes this year, to our knowledge. The only thing that's remotely close is that she is gonna be part of a variant cover done by Ryan Stegman as part of an initiative called Venom: The Other, where he's been commissioned to do. 17 variant covers for various Summer of Symbiote titles. That is a lot. That's a lot of covers. Yeah, so the but the first three have been revealed. It's a OG Venom that's more modeled after the McFarlane look. Then mm. we got Matt Gargan as Venom, and then, yeah, the third one is Gwenom. Right, gotcha. Yeah, which I am making it my mission to get the original art for that cover. So anyone who's looking to also score that cover, back off. <laughs> you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna create interest in it by mentioning it here. Well, I. Well, it depends on how many people are listening to uh, to this segment. Yeah, all all ten of them going to see if they can go get this cover now. Um. So um. Yeah, it's it's um. Who else do we have to talk about here? We got uh, we got Reed Richards. Reed Richards uh, is is in this issue quite a bit. Um, he's in a, he's in a couple of different scenes, um, and it's it's good. I like I like I liked having him in in this. Although he's more worried about his computer than the situation at hand. He he is. Um, yeah. No. That 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 that. Uh, actually, I enjoyed that because it's the first time we've seen him actually get concerned about something that isn't like just helping the hero because we've mentioned this before in the past um as much as we like reed 65 he's basically only used in this sort of like assistant sidekick capacity and he's never really allowed to have his own thoughts um and it felt like this was actually a little bit of a break with that he he's like actually like he's like hold on pause your superhero fight what about my my computer what 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 are we going to do about my computer um and um uh, I, I enjoyed that um because it's it seemed uh, like a reasonable thing for him to be like worried about for his character and um yeah no it was it was pretty yeah. it was pretty neat well he is also a 14 year old kid like being concerned about your electron well i'm just going to say last issue somehow he was aged back by 2 years because uh yeah, he said he was 12, and I remember during Predators, 
uh, he was 13 and then, you know, a year has passed. So logically he's supposed to be 14 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's uh, trying to do uh, c- correct and accurate aging for superhero characters is, is never gone well. It's, it's, it's never gone well. No, just look um, at Dylan. Yeah, Dylan being the worst case of it, and also a, a very recent case of it, uh, Dylan Brock. Um, so, uh, yeah, is that is that everybody from from uh, this issue? Should we uh, even mention about how like Reed? I think we've touched upon this a little bit earlier about how he has all this fancy science going on that we don't understand. Yeah, um, he 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 does, um, but. Like I, th- I feel like here it's mostly normal computer jargon that he uses. Yeah, I think the only thing I did understand is how he was gonna put a sniffer implant on Gwenok's halo just so he can triangulate uh, Lila's location once they get San Gwen's halo. Well, I, I think, I think it made sense through the lens of like all of the people with implants are on the same network and if you have one of them you know it you can find the other stuff on the network if you have two of them you can find the sort like like i feel like they had an internal logic like it wasn't complete like rubbish it made it made its own kind of sense you know if that makes sense yeah it's just the we just call it fancy science around here it is it really is. Uh, but do you think, uh, even though I didn't put them down here, like, what do you think the attitude of uh, the remaining three Gwen clones are going to be like? Well, I, I imagine they're going to be pretty mute, like what San Gwen was in this issue. I don't think we're going to hear a lot from them. I mean, I might be wrong on that, but that's the vibe I'm getting. I feel like Rhino Gwen, she's going to go ahead and smash some stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the Craven Gwen, like she's gonna live for the hunt, mm-hmm. even though she hasn't been making it yet. We have seen on the covers that she does have a mean face. Yeah, um, she has like a like that wild transformation. We get to see that actually in Kazama's art and not in uh, cover art from other artists. So we'll we'll see if that actually gets uh, any kind of use in in the story itself. No, I feel like Craven's mean face on the uh, Peach Momoko rendition, it looked a little bit disturbing. Yeah, um, it did. It was very, very unhinged. Um, but I think its presence in, in Peach Momoko's concept work um, means that it's, it's very likely we're going to see it in the interior work. Even in the David Nakayama uh, cover for issue two, we do see... The, a somewhat toned down version of the mean face and, and all of her teeth are sharp too yeah like fangs and stuff yeah yeah she looks more like a yeah a shark rather than just because yeah you'd think that like canines would just be enough but i, I guess that peach momoko and david nakayama just decided to uh crank it up to 11 yeah no they really did um so we're gonna we're gonna see how that looks i'm 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 excited um for the rest of this series i'm really enjoying it um if they announced emily kim and kezama and triona farrell as like an ongoing team for gwen i'd be super pumped i think what they put out so far is is really good um and i'm really enjoying um having gwen like gwen 65 comics on earth 65 you know um 
I'm 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 happy to be back to this. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah, and even if we don't get something Im like immediately after Shadow Clones, at least she still has event appearances. Like we know she's gonna be in Contest of Chaos. Yes. Uh, there's, I mean, there's there's a couple of other appearances as well that we've mentioned even in, in this week wind update. We're, we're we're gonna have. I feel like the podcast has quite a bit to review going into the the summer here. Yeah. But her being in Contest of Chaos, it it depends on how long she lasts in, because it's tournament style. So we don't know if she's going to get knocked out first. We don't know if she's going to be in the finals. Mm. Although I'd love to see her matchup be against Dylan. Yeah. Um, yeah, she'll probably lose if that's the I I hope she does well in Contest to get. I'll be really sad if she gets knocked out early on. We can't hype it up too much because uh, it's possible she'd just get knocked out straight at the start. So um yeah because if she goes up against dylan at least she's now remotely close to eddie's supporting cast and i don't know it's just something about her beating up a 10 year old because they're all souped up on chaos magic yeah um yeah so we uh we, we actually had somebody um reply to one of our tweets for this uh episode didn't we yeah um, this is from her like we've heard from them a bunch of times at nkrl yeah, so uh, she's uh, replied to our a tweet here saying, I'm greatly enjoying Shadow Clones thus far. Can't say the same for End of the Spider-Verse finale, um, which is the other series we're reviewing here on the podcast at the moment, for those who don't know. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. our next episode, we are going to cover the arc finale of End of the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I think certainly we feel the same, that this uh, mini-series is, is a good grade above yeah. What we're seeing from end of the spider verse which we will be reviewing in um our next episode um yeah, yeah i have read the issue and uh, i'm kind of a little bit in, the, in agreement with you at nkrl because yeah i kind of felt like it was a little bit rushed at the end mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but hey that's dan slot yeah it's it's uh on brand that is so uh we're gonna we're gonna get into that uh next uh, uh next episode um we're gonna put descriptions on where to buy and read oh, no, and i hold promise on. no we got ha we have another uh oh. comment from the mailbag oh. oh sorry did you want to read that one yeah so this is our like once again from our good friend dan connors he wrote back and he says it was such a lovely thing to swing through the comic shop and have two spider comics to pick up that I knew were about to be covered. I am not huge into comic books, but I love hearing about how all the plot points come together or don't. Please share one or two of your favorites outside of Gwen smiley face. Best Dan Connors. Ooh, ooh what like that are currently coming out at the moment? Maybe he's talking about our favorite characters because he said outside of Gwen, he specifically didn't say like what books. He just said share one or two favorites uh, besides Gwen. So I think um, like for me, unless if you've been living under a rock, I've been alluded to this many times. Venom. Yeah. Abby's a huge Venom, Venom stan. Um, Even though I don't have some semblance of him tattooed on me yet, but the keyword yet yeah no i i like venom i'm 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 uh, i tell you what i'm i'm really excited for the um this current it's coming out at the moment is this right uh, al ewing and cafu's venom book at the moment that looks like it's it's really good um 
I say that as somebody who's not reading it right now, um, but that creative team uh, looks really fantastic. Yeah. And our off-air conversation about how I told you who's going to be guesting during the summer in Venom. Yes, and and I, t- I, t- I tell you who, and, and this isn't the character, I tell you who I am following at the moment in the comic scene that I think is fantastic is Torren Gronbeck. Um, who is 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 a truly fantastic writer, um, who's been 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 given really the scraps by Marvel the past few years. I'm a huge Jane Foster fan, and and she has done fantastic work over the past I want to say three years or so um, for Jane Foster, starting in the in the Valkyrie Jane Foster book, um, and then leading into a couple of miniseries with her. Um, actually, no, I think th- maybe like three or four Jane Foster miniseries, um, and she's now getting to write. Uh, the main Thor book, and honestly, everything she writes and her appreciation of the characters of of like Nordic mythology as as a storyteller, um, she is fantastic, and and I'm following everything she's doing. Uh, I, I I really I'm so excited for every comic that because she's now getting she's getting um Venom arc as well soon. Um, uh, she's also I, been recently announced for an X book. Hold on, I'm trying to find the announcement. Oh, um, she's doing Realm of X, like yeah. for as part of the Fall of X in- initiative with Dio Neves. Yeah, and, and and the thing, the thing, like I can't wait until she starts doing like independent work because honestly, like she's right now, she's she's building up the like platform to do that. But like she is really like in in like 10 20 30 years time i think we're going to be talking about Torrin grobeck as like one of the all-time like comic greats like i'm calling it now i'm, ca- I'm calling it this year 2023 um that Torrin top tier top topest of tiers um that's that's what i'm excited about anyway in comics <laughs> yeah but i think the uh, original point is uh like what's your favorite character besides gwen yeah, Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Okay. That's 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 right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I guess I got read a lot of Holly Quinn as well. Um, if if we're talking like comic book, um, okay. runs. Um, I'm 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 following, um, the, the Holly Quinn books. I I I wasn't super blown away by the Stephanie Phillips run, um, and now Tini Howard is writing Holly Quinn. So I I just I I I feel like she's sort of cursed with having sort of what I think is quite mid stories uh, but the art's been good the entire time like we've had like people like Riley Ross remember we've got Sasweeney Boo at the moment on Harley Quinn I'm really enjoying that oh I also uh I also have to add uh Spinneret the uh, MJ from Renew Your Vows I'm also a really big Spinneret fan yeah you you like the 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 the, the, the webs you you characters with webs you 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 can you can get on board with Abigail spiders and symbiotes they're my uh, wheelhouse yeah um, all right, yeah, no, I think that's I think that's the kind of stuff we're reading outside of this uh, podcast that we don't really get to talk about very much. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think is that is that it for today? Pretty much. All right. So, uh, as we mentioned, we're going to be reading Spider Man number seven next week uh, from the Dan Slots uh, run that is closing out End of the Spider Verse, and I am happy to say we will not be reading any more from that run after that point. We're going to get into to what it's about. We're going to see what happens to the characters, what happens in the Spider Verse scene, um, and like where we'll be with our girl Gwen. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll put links in the description. And I promise, also in the next two weeks, I'm definitely going to put out a new reading list. I, I'm going to update that reading list, and I promise, I'm I'm, I'm saying it now. It's going to happen within the next two episodes of this podcast. I will be able to say that, and, and Abigail can stop reminding me about it. 
Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so if you enjoyed this issue, if you're reading uh, Spider-Man Shadow Clones, or if you're reading Spider-Man by Dan Slott, tweeters emailers we're at ges groupies on twitter we're ghost spider groupies at gmail.com if you'd like to email us and 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 and, and be read out on our podcast and we can uh, uh listen to what you have to say you can also support us on coffee so you can help with our subscription costs um yes, to keep please. this podcast online um all right thank you very much i've been pax and i've been abigail all right bye-bye. bye bye bye